0: Today we talk about what do IUDs and uterine pumps have in common. I'm Dr. Mark Amols, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. Now it sounds strange. Why would we talk about IUDs? And polyps, in the same instant, an IUD, called an intrauterine device, is used to prevent pregnancies. But what's interesting is that uterine polyps can also prevent pregnancies. And today we talk about how do IUDs and polyps have things in common, and to have a better understanding of why POPs are a problem. So let's start first with the IUD. Now when I'm talking about an IUD, the type I'm going to talk about is called a Paragard IUD, which is a copper IUD. And what's unique about this is that the uterus is one of the only organs in the body where you can implant something in it and it doesn't attack it as much. And that's because when you try to get pregnant, A baby wants to live inside the uterus, and you don't want your body attacking it. Well, the same thing, NiUD can stay in the uterus. But the problem is, it's not really supposed to be there. And so what happens is, is that the body will start attacking it. And when it attacks it, it creates inflammation. And this inflammation will then prevent an embryo from implanting into the uterine wall. Which, as you can imagine, then will prevent you from getting pregnant. Now, although that is one way the IUD works, it does work through other ways as well. It does affect things like mucus that can affect sperm from getting in, and inflammation can also hurt the sperm. And there are also other forms of IUDs, such as a Mirena IUD that produces progesterone, and that progesterone causes the lining to thin in the uterine lining that will prevent. Pregnancy, as well as cause the mucus to thicken up, which will prevent sperm from being able to get into the uterine cavity to eventually get to the floping tubes where the egg will be. However, overall, the way an IUD works is it creates inflammation, which prevents you from getting pregnant. And IUDs are extremely, extremely good at preventing pregnancy. Matter of fact, statistically, they're even better than having your tubes tied, which doesn't really make sense, but it means that the tubes tied can actually fail more than the IUD. So what does this have to do with uterine polyps? Well, like an IUD, a uterine polyp is not supposed to be in the uterus. And when it's in there, what happens is the body will try to get rid of it because it doesn't want it there. It sees it as a foreign body, and it will start attacking it. And what it will do is it will create inflammation. And that inflammation will cause chronic endometriitis, which will create an environment that will prevent an embryo from implanting. The first question that comes up is what causes polyps? And the exact reason is actually not known. But we know that hormone levels such as estrogen elevating can cause the endometrium to become thicker and with thickened linings we tend to see more uterine polyps. Matter of fact, we find women with polycystic ovarian syndrome tend to get more polyps than the average person and I would actually recommend any woman who has irregular cycles or who doesn't get periods, or who has polycystic ovarian syndrome to undergo a sonohistogram, also called a saline infusion sonogram, to verify if you have polyps. Because if you do, the problem is it may prevent pregnancy. Now, we're talking about fertility, and you should definitely remove polyps from a fertility standpoint. But one question comes up is, could they be cancerous? And the simple answer is yes, they can be. But when you're young, the chances are very, very low. Matter of fact, most of the cancers that come from uterine pops are usually in women who are menopausal, who then get irregular bleeding, and those pops can sometimes be cancerous. It is very, very rare for a uterine pop in a young woman who is in the fertile age to cause cancer. However we still send it to a pathologist to verify this since we can never know 100%. Usually what it comes back with in younger women is with either acute or chronic endometriitis. So how do you know if you have a uterine polyp? Well, there are some symptoms. One of them is irregular periods, meaning getting intramental spotting in between your periods. That means when you have a period, let's say at the beginning of the month, and you're expecting it again next month in the beginning of the month, you spot somewhere in between the period. Now I'm not talking about spotting that occurs right before period. We're talking about spotting completely in between the two periods. Now there is a normal type of bleeding called Mitchell Smurts, which sometimes is associated with pain, where you can spot at ovulation. But what I'm talking about is irregular bleeding that occurs mid-cycle. And in that situation, you may have a uterine polyp. The other situation we discussed is that there are people who have elevated estrogen levels, like people with polycystic ovarian syndrome, and that can then lead to uterine polyps. The other scenario is people who don't ovulate all the time, they tend to have more uterine polyps as well. The problem is, none of that guarantees you have them. And so the only way to be able to determine if you have a uterine polyp is you have to undergo a procedure that opens up the lying to look between it. So that's either putting saline into the uterus to fill it up, or putting a camera into the uterus and looking inside it. Now, I know one of the things you're probably thinking is, does it hurt? Now, although I've never had it done on myself, I've done hundreds and hundreds of these, if not thousands. And for most people, it's not that painful because the fluid is going in very slowly. What causes pain is if you push the fluid too too hard, it can cause the uterus to to distend too fast, and that's what causes pain. So can it be uncomfortable? Absolutely. But for most people, it usually isn't that bad. The second question is, are all polyps concerning? And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about the size of the polyp. So, there is a general thought that unless polyps are larger, they may not have any significance. However, I've seen people who have struggled to get pregnant who have very small polyps in their uterus, and we remove them and they get pregnant right away. I've also seen people who have large polyps who can't get pregnant. So, the problem is there definitely is a point where if the size is very small, it may not affect it as much, but there is never A size where you can say absolutely it's not gonna affect. The general rule is as long as you're half a centimeter or bigger, it could have an effect. One centimeter absolutely needs to be removed. But what if you have four quarter centimeter polyps? Well, does that equal up to one centimeter? And there really is no guidance in that situation. So generally, if I have a very tiny polyp in the uterus, that's let's say two millimeters, and it's nowhere near where the embryo is going to implant, I sometimes will not force someone to remove it. And I've had people not remove it, and the transfer doesn't work. And then after removing it, it works right away. And so I always recommend removing them because, as we talked about, it's not so much the embryo landing on the polyp, but it's the inflammation that's created from the polyp that causes the problem. Now, a embryo landing on polyp can absolutely be a problem too, because there's not much of a blood supply to the uterine polyp. So the last question we have to talk about then is, what do you do about them? Well, technically, they will go away on their own sometimes, and so I've had patients who don't want to do surgery and just wait, but it can be up to a year. But eventually, your body can force them out. But for most people, they'll undergo a surgical procedure. And that procedure is called a hysteroscopy. And what we do is we put a camera through the cervix into the uterus and then using a device, we can cut the polyp out. Now, when I'm talking about cutting, I'm not talking about cutting into the muscle. So this isn't like removing a fibroid, which is in the muscle. I always tell people, think of it like if I'm going to take a weed, I'm not taking a shovel and pulling the weed out of the ground. I'm just mowing the weed down because the polyp is part of the endometrial tissue. So when you cut it out, you're actually not going into the muscle and can't really harm the uterus. And so this procedure is a very safe procedure. It rarely will cause damage to your uterus, if ever. And it can be done in the office because it's such a simple procedure. Hopefully this episode was educational and helped you understand polyps a little bit more. As I stated, polyps are good to remove. and Especially when it comes to fertility, they can have a great impact in preventing pregnancy. As always, I appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast. As I always say, if you enjoy it, please tell a friend about it. And if you can, please review us on your favorite podcast medium and give us a five-star review. I also want to let everyone know that I'm also doing TikToks now under the handle at AmolsMD. And with those, I'm giving small videos on topics that we talked about in this podcast, but very short, concise, and also some really cool videos and sometimes something funny. Until next week, this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday.